Welcome to Observing Others, the People Watching People podcast. Hey, reportable today. We are. We have traveled. And it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I feel like I just saw you guys, but I'm so excited to see you again. We're not live. We're not live, but we are mobile. We are mobile. The best way to observe other places is to go to them. How's your week going, Danielle? It's going good. Uh, We have a show that's going to open this weekend, and so I sat and watched one of the dress rehearsals last night. It's Macbeth. So if anybody wants a little Shakespeare in their life, you don't often get to see Shakespeare, so when you get the opportunity, just take it. And it's Shakespeare up close. It is. It's you're you're in there. <laughs> Jeremy, how's your week going? You know, causing trouble, having fun. I might have to go down Friday. Is that when the first showing is? Yeah. Opening night. I think Opening they call night, it. and it runs till November twelfth. It's double cast, and each cast has their own take on on the interpretation of Macbeth. Now, is Macbeth the one with the skull in the hand or something? If I don't know, that's Hamlet. Okay. Eh. Sorry. Fail. Okay. Yes. Next. Moving on. <laughs> Shows you my level. That's how Daniel's going to be today, though. My skull in the hand. This is lots of blood on the hands. It's the blood you can't wipe oh, off is after this the murder. Mo- is this the mom with the blood and? It's the wife. Okay. Lady Macbeth. Yeah. In so, theater, we don't we're not allowed to say Macbeth inside the actual theater because it's like curse. So everybody calls it Macbeezy or something else. But, okay. Good to yeah. know. Okay. I promise I won't use the M word. It's fine. We've been using some E words and some B words. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this time of year, and here's why. I love this time of year because it is like the stars line up with sports. Okay, so you have the NBA just starting. You've got the World Series of Major League Baseball. You've got NFL action. You have college football. Wait for it. You have college basketball starting next week. And you have treadmill pool ball racing. <laughs> Everything you could ever desire. So it's this, it literally is this a collision of all kinds of sports, all in about the same two-week period. Are you a sports fan there, Blake? Oh, yeah. Welcome, Blake. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. What, kind, what is your favorite sport, Blake? Oh, that's tough. I'd probably say basketball or baseball. Okay. I was hoping you'd say NASCAR, and we'll tell them why oh. in just a minute, but... Is NASCAR is a sport, right, Jeremy? Heck yeah. It's a competition for sure. Okay. So. That NASCAR has 36 races. Um, most people know the Daytona 500. Most people don't know that Las Vegas is a really cool speedway. And I think, the, is it called Speedway in Nevada? Or the exit I think is it like is. Speedway, yeah. So NASCAR or car racing also is a sport. So sports at this time of year is something that I used as a kid listen, okay? So all you could do is listen because we that's how old I am was radio. I mean, maybe there was some television. But now you can listen, you can watch it, and you can even be at, a, at an event. Have you ever been, Blake, to any kind of major uh, sports event in an arena? What, where, where have you been? I've been to a couple. been to a couple, um, I mean, all the college games, um, NBA games, NFL games, MLB games. Awesome. So, yeah. So that's, a, that's Danielle, that's a true sports enthusiast. That is, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I told I you say. I'd been to the L.A. Dodgers Stadium when it was empty for American Idol. <laughs> but that's about the only time I've ever stepped foot in a Major League Baseball stadium. So not something that I do, but... I've been to Fenway a couple times. Oh, so, really? yeah, yeah, Fenway, Gillette Stadium. I have not seen the Patriots play in Gillette Stadium, but I did see the Red Sox play it okay. in Fenway. So. so it's a whole different experience being... Someplace live and seeing it happen versus watching it on TV and listening to it happen. 
Absolutely. It depends on the crowd. Like, you know, if you're around the right people who are there to have a good time, then I like I like baseball, but I don't think it's the most exciting sport to sit and watch unless you're with some really awesome people who are there to like truly enjoy it. Yeah. So if you're with general admission people, those are the ones who don't get to go all the time. They have fun season ticket holders, not as much. You yeah. know, they're a little too serious. I would say golf would be the most boring sport of oh, all to watch. Golf, yeah. Not even just on TV, just golf itself. Just yeah. Golf. That's a lot of walking. S- so <laughs> I, I am not a Sunday golf, watch the Masters, watch whatever else they call them all. And I've golfed like four times last year, all the times I've ever golfed. So golfing really wasn't the thing that I do either, but I do like to watch sports. So we've been watching people for the last year. We've observing. Been, yep, we call it observing others, Blake, because we want to see life from their point of view, from their shoes. And what we've learned over the last year, and I've had to relearn it over and over again because I interrupt a lot, is that the best conversations are the ones that happen naturally. And it's when we give somebody else the time of possession. Now, in a sports term, time of possession is something you don't want the other party to have very much of, right? You don't want the offensive team on the football field to have a lot of time of possession. Because that eats into the clock and eats into your chance if you're behind or if you've got a lead. You, you want to be able to control the time of possession. So I'm going to change that phrase for today, and then I'm going to tell you where we're at. And the, the word of the day is going to be attention. And I want to give people time of attention. Let me show you for an example. Compare these two phrases. Seeking attention or paying attention. Massively different. Massively different. So which is more powerful, Jeremy? Attention seeking or attention to detail? Woo. Craziness there. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say to the detail, right? Yeah. So we've been talking over and over again, and we'll still talk about it because we observe others. We believe in pulling context from people rather than pushing our content. Because pushing content is more like seeking attention. And you're the one with time of possession. But if you're paying attention and you have a focus on attention to detail, it's a whole different conversation, isn't it? Yeah. The art of listening is, is not easy for everybody, so it does need to be practiced. But if, you want, if you're in business and you want to learn what other people are doing, you have to listen to what they're saying. So, Blake, I'm late, and I confess why I was late, because I was getting my car washed at one of those car washy places that you probably are cringing about. (laughs) This one doesn't actually have the little runners where you put your tire, and I didn't know how to put my car into neutral, and it was just one big conveyor belt with no, like, slots or runners for where my tires are going, and about halfway through the wash, I'm going from reverse to park to... To, and finally, I got it into neutral because I didn't want to show up to Blake's shop with a dirty car because I had, let, I had neglected making sure my car was in pristine condition to be here. Oh, then it's opposite day for me because I cannot think of the last time I actually washed my car. I think once I stopped having to pay on it, it was like, ah, uh, you know. <laughs> so Blake is the proud owner and he's in a new location. Jeremy, where are we? Kodak Lab. Have we been here before, Jeremy? We have. We have. Just recently, not too long ago. 
I, I came here a couple times, but on a Saturday, we came and had, what, what happened on a Saturday for us, Blake? Tell us about the Saturday that the car showed up. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, um, we got moved into our, our brand new location, brand new building, so we kind of kicked it off with a, like a grand opening and a car show, essentially. So. Yeah, and how many cars do you think you had? Oh, somewhere between 80 to 100, I would guess. Oh, wow. Absolutely Where? amazing. Like, just all over the parking lot, through the whole little complex here? Yeah, yeah, kind of all of the above. So we, we opened up our shop and had kind of like an open house, and we had some of, uh, some of our nicer cars um, in the shop for, you know, display opened up. People can walk in, check out the shop, uh, view some of these amazing cars, and then, of course, just out in the parking lot, filled the whole lot. Um, it was really fun. We got a lot of people here, had a great, great day. And it was and it was a beautiful weather day. We haven't had as good a day since. No, I, I, it cold, perfect. Clouds, day. rain. The rains today. The reason I washed my car. But so the Saturday that, and so let me let me give you a little bit of a backstory. So Blake opened his shop in his garage. So when we talk about attention to detail, tell us about the early days of the whole reason you started detailing cars. <laughs> I mean, everything's come from a passion, I would say, a passion for for cars, for vehicles, um, and then obviously, you know, keeping them clean, keeping, you know, respecting them, and, and uh, you know, it all kind of went from there. When um, you say you had all these cars, were these like customer cars that you had done the detail work on? That's great. That's yeah, great to have that both. community around you to come out and yep. show off the work that you do. A lot of clients, a lot of customers, and then just a lot of, you know, car enthusiasts come out and bring their own cars and just get everyone together. Yeah. Yeah. So think of the spectrum of, of Kelly going to the, the quickie car wash where it didn't really clean much, probably left some residue. I definitely, I think this place is wants more, more air drying time than most places. Everybody's trying to do something a little different. I think they've expanded their blower dryers, but it's still not the same thing as the attention to detail necessary for something to be kept in good condition. So Danielle, before we started, we were talking about the difference between medicine where it's preventative medicine and curative medicine. When we talk about an automobile, what are the two extremes if you're trying to maintain a car, what would they be? I mean, you would get your oil changed every three months like you're supposed to, or every five months, depending on the brand and having those upkeeps and falling with the um, the general recommendations are, or just like, hey, I have a car, I fill it with gas, and then I just drive it till it dies. There you go. <laughs> Jeremy, have you ever had a squeak in your car? A couple. Yeah? And did, did you ever find the squeak, or did the squeak just kept squeaking and kept bugging? You're right, right. No, yeah, no. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, can you kind of start I, aging ourselves? Yeah, I've had squeaks in my car that have been so frustrating because I could never find them, and I didn't know how to repair them when I found them anyway. But I realized that so with our senses, the sound of that squeak was just so irritating. But when we're talking about detailing cars, and we're here at Kodak Lab, we're talking about the attention to detail that goes into every inch of the exterior and interior of the car. Do you see the difference between Kelly's quickie car wash moment and something that is a passion for Blake and his team? So I've met Levi, is it Cody or Corey? Corey. Yeah, so I've met some of, some of his, his team, and they absolutely are on board and love what they do. But it is a fine-tooth comb attention to detail. 
And that's the kind of customer service and attention for the outside of the car that I wish someone would come and give a listen. Right. The squeak in my it's car. It's basically what they're doing as detailers. They're listening to like every component of, of the car and making sure it's, it's being heard and cleaned. Right. So where I was going with this, um, Blake, is that there is the difference between preservation of a vehicle and restoration of a vehicle. Now, to restore a vehicle that's been neglected or whatever is going to take a lot more time, money, and effort than this idea of how about we coat with a level two on an automobile and, and preserve the paint and its pristine condition in its unk condition because someone had the, had the foresight to say, hey, how do we coat vehicles? So not just detailing as if he's cleaning in his garage. He moves to a shop behind. So we're on Antelope Drive now, but he was right behind the, the um, hardware store and the 7-Eleven. There was a new uh, shop space with about 16 bays that were there. So he was able to um, um, tell us about the, the growth between when you were just doing it, maybe mobile or from your garage, and when you were able to open that first shop. Yeah, huge change at that point. Um, super small and then, you know, kind of wanted to, to take us to the next level. Um, and it did start off, like you'd mentioned, just doing some of the detail work. And then it's evolved into more of the, the protection, um, which is where we're at today. Um, but yeah, no, big, big changes. Um, got into that first spot. Um, super, super small. Um, but lots of hard work, lots of uh, goal setting and, and vision and just new kind of the where we wanted to, to take it. Um, and, you know, day after day, we were able to, to grow and to, you know, get there. And, and now we see at this awesome location. And so, Jeremy, how many, how many McLarens have we seen in the last 30 days? Right. McLaren, <laughs> McLaren, McLaren. Hey, yeah, so I saw one at Station Park. Jeremy and I saw one at Summit that was the Squeeze McLaren, right? And, and then we, when we did our podcast for Mercedes in Farmington, they had a McLaren in there. When we came for Blake's uh, open house and car show, sweet McLaren with the pumpkin on it. So I've seen that. I've seen, and even today. So today we're looking at a McLaren, right? It's a 2018 570. I'm just making stuff up. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on the right track. You sound impressive, yeah. <laughs> what is it? What we got going on over there? Um, that one, yeah, we'll call, we'll call it a 570S. Okay, so 570S, I was close. Yep. In about the year, maybe in 19, maybe not in 18. Yep. And so we have something in our brain called the reticular activating system that when we, what we focus on expands. And when we're focusing on a certain thing, like maybe there were always McLarens in our universe and I just wasn't noticing them until I started to notice them. And then what I focused on expanded. Then suddenly I'm realizing that that automobile has its own style and its own um, uh, beauty that's different than other luxury or high-end sports cars and the attention to detail in Blake's reticular activating system is he is optically looking for that squeak he's literally trying to either prevent it or find it and fix it or code it or protect it and detail it so that it's more of a white glove treatment rather than uh, an emergency repair at a body shop or at a restoration facility because the car went downhill because of neglect. Do you see a lot of neglect, Blake? We see some, yeah. 
We, we used to, to see a, a lot more than we do now, but absolutely. You just walk parking lots and you just cringe constantly <laughs> at cars that you see. Yeah. You're just like, oh, and you just put, you put a little business card on yeah. it. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, it's kind of a curse. Your car looks like crap. And you just yeah, see, his reticular <laughs> activating system yeah. is sensitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's picking it up. Yep. Yeah, so, so what kind of automobiles have you um, worked on? I hate to use that word, but you've detailed whatever the what word do you want to use you've uh, protected protected yeah okay. that's a good one tell us about some of the automobiles you've protected um what in particular some of the nicer ones yeah. or just Your just favorites. everything like what yeah. have you enjoyed there you go oh man there's been a lot um what made you giddy like oh my gosh i got to work on this <laughs> <laughs> probably some of the higher end cars i definitely am more of a like a sports car supercar fan yeah um so a lot of those cars you know like the mclarens um we've seen several of those um a couple lambos um a lot of Porsches. Yeah. Um, those have been super fun. And then just some of the newer releases, like um, some of the brand new trucks and like the, the Bronco is super popular. We've done a ton of Broncos. Awesome. Unfortunately, we don't have one here today, but um, stuff like that. I mean, all, all across the board. Is there this certain amount of pride? Like, let's say it's not one of those high-end vehicles and somebody comes in with their Corolla and you guys just deck it out and make it look so good. Like, it just came off the shop floor. Like, wow, we absolutely. did that. Yep. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I believe in, you know, protecting everything, whether it's high-end, whether it's, you know, average, it doesn't matter. I, there's value across the board. Jeremy, we've loved to see automobiles that we never thought would be in the most souped-up, pimped-out, <laughs> tricked-out condition. And they were like Accords or Corollas or literally um, cars that you wouldn't have thought when you were a kid would ever become something that was a collection item or something that people wanted to actually um, make something more of than the way it came off the showroom. Do you guys also do the restoration here or is it more just the preventative protection? It's definitely more the preventative, but we do, you know, we do a lot of um, restoration type work as well. Yep. Yeah, when I brought my car here, the, a delineator posted had fallen on the back of my car from some experience, and one of, of his clients was here with his beautiful Porsche, and he says, you know, you, they could <laughs> suck that out with this tool that they just, you know, I can't remember how he described it, but he, he, he said there was some kind of suction cup that could pop out that. Do you have that suction cup that pops out that kind of stuff, or is that like the mobile dent repair person that I call? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, we can help out, you know, a little bit. <laughs> he doesn't want to give away his trade secrets, no, Kelly. Right. Like, uh... so, so, so when my wife saw that, she says, don't fix that because that'll keep you humble. That'll, that'll remind you, or maybe I said that to her, that'll remind me that I shouldn't take myself too seriously. That's kind of the ego side of attention-seeking. So let's go swing it back to that again. If Blake is helping people with that white glove treatment to preserve something that they have a passion for as well, that they value then sometimes I think there's this, this um, superstition that people just buy cars because they're egomaniacs or they are attention-seeking deficit disorder. And, and yet what we've, what we've talked about today or, or the message that we're trying to get to is that the, the, there's beauty in these vehicles and he cringes when he sees somebody not taking care of it and he knows that there are preventative things that would take better care of it so that it would stay in that. I, I think that's why I like the McLaren because not just not just the body style and things, but they, their resale value is really good when people take care of them. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we're talking, you can go back into 2016 and, and then forward, and, and there, are, there will be people that can't afford, what is it called, the, the starts with the S, the 
McLaren Skywalker, a superstar McLaren. Oh, the really high end one? Yeah, what's Senna it? or Yeah, so like that. Yeah, it's like some three million dollar car. Yeah. So if you're gonna start, you're like, okay, it, you go home one day and you say, Shannon, I think I want a nineteen sixteen five seventy S McLaren. And she's like, Okay. <laughs> Get a second job or <laughs> or not over my dead, whatever it is. But the point is, is that people start small and then they're able to still enjoy something that someone took care of and passed it down. It's a beautiful legacy to preserve and pass down a car to the next person who is at that level. And then you move on to whatever car you're, you now have a curiosity or a love for. And when they're taken care of, they have a long shelf life. Especially with miles. Some people don't even drive up. It's like, okay, here's a 2019 with 10,000 miles. What? It went out for one or two, two cruises, and that was all. That's when you know it's more a hobby, and you you're, have pride in the fact that it's a collection as opposed to being boastful about it Ooh, and showing good, it off. Very good point. B-word. Not yeah. driving it out. Boastful, there's a new B word. That's kind of like bragging, but boastful would be uh, the new B word of the day. So what's your – what if you – if you had a magic wand, Blake, and you could decide today and the money was no object, what automobile would you drive? Mm. Oh, man. That's a tough question. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like it hasn't even been invented yet. Right? Okay. No, there's just too many to choose <laughs> from. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, top five. Top five. Um, I, I'm definitely a Lambo guy, so one of the Lambos uh, would definitely be a top pick. I've also become a... Porsche fan too um the last you know year as we've had the opportunity to work on more and more just the the refinement um of those automobiles is very impressive so probably probably one of those Lambo or or a Porsche and I guess the question is like a newer Porsche or an older one I mean I guess just because you've just started working on them seeing the kind of the artwork behind them great question um for me probably a newer one not to you know, disrespect the older ones. I think they're amazing. And I think it's super cool to be able to see the the heritage and the history and the evolution behind the 911. I think it's amazing. Um, but I definitely have that, that itch and that need for speed. And so that those new ones are, yeah. they're hard to pass up. That's awesome. <laughs> Jeremy, what's your top pick? Uh, I'm going to go with the professional. I'll go with the Porsche as well. Okay. I'm going to be weird because the other day we spotted an i8 BMW. With the uh, EV, so it was an electric vehicle. I came by and showed Blake that black, sweet-looking thing. I, and I never, I haven't driven it, so maybe I changed my mind once a minute. But if I'm looking at trying to do an EV at some point, um, that one was sweet. That, that was a sweet-looking ride. Those are cool. Danielle? I'm not a car person the same way, but my favorite vehicle I ever had was is basic Toyota Tacoma and I drove that from Texas to Utah, and I love that vehicle, and I'd love to have that again um, now that all my friends are no longer moving from house to house and everybody's staying, staying put because that was the one fallback with having a truck. But that was the one, and it was, like, purple, and it was amazing, and that would just be my my ideal vehicle again. So. Well, that's awesome. I think Levi has a purple car out in the parking lot you might want to take a look at. <laughs> I think it's one of my most favorite purple cars that I've ever seen. I'm just seen. happy to have something to get me from A to B. Like, it's fine. Well, getting from A to B is one thing, but the attention to detail and the white glove treatment that Blake and his team at Kodak Labs have for every customer and every car 
is a is over the top. Blake, over thanks for top. having us here. Absolutely. Great show. Thanks for having me. Great cars even here today. Jeremy, thanks for coming. What is it like your fourth or fifth time with me here? Causing trouble, having fun, always. Danielle, it's my first, but I first will time. be back. Yeah. Yeah. Blake, let's have you on the show again when we have Jeff Donovan, who has a new McLaren that he's in love with, but he's in the hospital, so couldn't make it today. And hopefully we can get to EV cars and do a tripodcast or a quadcast about the future of luxury cars and the electric vehicle. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Observing Others.